Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Welcome aboard our Victoria Film Festival weekend edition of Tech Talk. We are live with you on Saturday morning, February 4th of 2023. Sunday afternoon, the 5th, is a rebroadcast. And we'll have a podcast for you if you can't listen to any or all of the show live. Glad to have you along whenever, wherever you are. We this weekend is myself, Alan Perry. And Eitan Rubini, uh, owner of MaxZen Consulting and president of the Victoria Macintosh and iOS Users Group. And now catching up on his sleep. I'm Brian Pavlicich, your Tech Talk producer. And you, Daddy. Yes. I'll yeah. get it out of the way right away. Do we, have a na- <laughs> do we have a name yet? No, no. We're down to, we're almost in a month now. We're a few, couple days away. Uh, still still not sure on our, on our two candidates, but uh, we're very close. We'll see. Who knows? Hopefully we don't have to extend past the 30 days. <laughs> and you're getting some sleep? Yeah, I had a couple of good stretches there. Thank you know, we have a doula come uh, once in a while and uh, stay for the night so that we mm-hmm. can get a better rest. She can help you know, with a lot of the around-the-house stuff. and That's a good uh, idea. Oh, my goodness. She's worth every penny. <laughs> and yeah. I thought you had a new person that was helping you, but it's a thing called Bjorn. Oh, goodness. I love the baby Bjorn. It's like, um, I forget what they, I keep calling it a harness, but they call it something else. It's a, basically, you can strap the baby to your chest. Facing uh, you? Face, uh, you can do both, but for the infant one, they can only yep. face you. Okay. Um, and so I'm always checking. I'm so worried he's like suffocating in my, in my <laughs> chest. But uh, he just loves it and is so calm and sleeps. And so like I was saying, like often at the beginning of the day, I'm like, okay, there's this one thing I got to accomplish today. And the whole day goes by and you're like, I don't know when I would have done it. <laughs> but when I can put it on my chest, as long as I can kind of be upright, I can't be like crawling around at the baseboards yeah. or something. But you can but do dishes. I can do a bunch of stuff and he's yeah. lulled to sleep and he's calm and we have like, you know, contact time, which is really important. So I'm, I'm loving the baby Bjorn. It's not techie. It's just a few pieces of fabric, but it's uh, it's my favorite thing this week. You remember Atan being a daddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, textile was once a technology. Okay. So yeah, yeah it's kind of techy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it brings it all back, doesn't it? When you have somebody. In yeah, your you know, it's uh, it, it's uh, it certainly changes you for sure. Yeah, you know, like it, more it, than you thought it was going to, even though we all told you. Well, yes, in different ways for sure. Yeah, for the better. Yes. Good. We have lots of neat stuff to to tell you about this week. Uh, some really useful tips that are in the show notes. Shownotes.ca, typed into the address bar of your browser. In response to several of you that had said, hey, how do I find the previous notes? I created a separate tab. Depending on which browser you're on and which uh, operating system you're on, the tabs could be across the top or down the left, but you will see a new one there for earlier show notes. And if you want to see how technology has changed, the notes are there going back to 2014, so nine years worth uh, of notes there. There's also separate tips tabs for travel tech tips, smartphone buying tips, iOS 16 new features, some Android tips that uh, Tofi Haruk did. We'll get him back in to, to do more of those as well. Some new scams to tell you about uh, in, in the show notes that we'll go through those as well. Some some deals, lots of, of tech news. And down at the bottom in the homework videos next weekend, Atan, is Super Bowl weekend. So fun, fun. Yeah, and it's a huge marketing thing. Somewhere between six and seven million dollars US for a thirty second ad. So the companies are already out with their teasers. A lot of them, uh, insane amount of teasers, like fifteen second teaser ads starring the celebrity who's going to be in there. Some of them have actually released their full ads. Some of them, like one of the ones, Michelob Ultra. It's a three minute and ten second is the full version of the ad. Oh, they're going to boil that down to 60 seconds for the game. Right. They're not going to pay that price. for. Yeah. I, what, do you know what it is by the minute right now? 
Or by 30-second ad? Six, somewhere between 6 and 7 million U.S. Wow. So that's it, yeah. So there's some really good. Uh, last year was a little strange. This year there's some really very creative fun ones. We'll play a couple highlights, but they're all, limited, they're all in there. For next weekend, I will create an actual playlist of, of all the best ones. But right now there's a lot of teasers. There are a few ads, and there's some people that you would not expect in there. Sarah McLaughlin is in Bush Light's ad, but not in the way you would think. Things like that. And also the Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl 57, so a lot of people are playing off on the Roman numeral. Oh. L-V-I-I. Okay. One company in particular, Heinz. You can figure out why quite easily. So anyway, lots of stuff in there. Check at the bottom for your um, sign of the week. It comes from a library there. Where should we start? I guess... Where well, indeed. Well, I mean, you know, talking about the scams... Yeah, okay, let's get some of the scams yeah. out of the way so this is first. In the news today. <laughs> yeah, well, one that's, one that's different from the stuff we normally tell you about. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for software to download, and this doesn't matter whether you're on Mac or whether you're on a PC, whether you're on an iPhone or whether you're on Android, please don't use the Google search engine to find it. There has been a massive jump in the last month and a half in download links that include malware. Mm -hmm. So if there's a particular piece of software that you want, you're going, well, okay, how am I supposed to find it then? So if you wanted Photoshop, you would go to adobe.com. Right. And then within the Adobe website, you would search for Photoshop. Do not search. Whatever you do, do not include the word download in your search. Whether right. you use Google or Bing or Yahoo or whatever, the word download is the one that brings you links with malware. And the companies are trying hard to stop it, but it's just been a literal torrent uh, of stuff out there, just massive numbers. I put a link in the show notes. It's item number two, and they'll oh. give you some examples, and you get to see how many are out there. Well, I'll well, have to take a look. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You know, the unfortunate thing is that um, there are two main companies to even watch out for when you're looking at download links um, for software in, in general. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, is uh, pretty obvious and you should learn is called Softonic. <laughs> uh, Softonic is, is a, basically a software repository but is notorious for having soft, links to software downloads that also have viral payloads in them. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, for Mac and for PC. In their uh, day, back in the days of Windows XP, oh, yeah. Softonic was great. It was a good resource. It was totally. a great resource, Absolutely. but they needed to have all these servers yeah. with all this software stored on it. They had to pay the freight, so they went to the dark side. Well, and the, the biggest problem for me is CNET, uh, because CNET is actually a trusted news source still. I mean, for people, technology, yeah, yes. for, you know, people still regard it as a reliable source of, of news. Mm-hmm. So when you see it associated with downloads, it seems like it's trusted. Yeah. But it's they're, they're experiencing the same problem that, uh, that so, well, I don't know if they're regulating it at all. You know, they're not they really managing their downloads whatsoever. So uh, whatever's going on with, uh, with Softonic and how people are posting links to download is also mm-hmm. happening to CNET, and that's yeah. the biggest issue. But I think if you can di- distill it down to one thing, it's exactly the same principle as phishing emails. Um, go to the source. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're looking for something, whether it's a... Um, whether your account needs an update because of a phishing yes. email or if you're going to download some software because you need a driver. Yeah. And don't even get me started on printer <laughs> drivers. Yeah. Um, 
you yeah. know, you have to make sure that you're actually going to the manufacturer, mm -hmm. right? If you're looking for a printer driver, go to Brother. If you're yes. looking to, uh, but there are so many websites that actually come up that even purport to be these websites exactly. too, but they're not. So make sure it's brother.ca. And where this came from, I'll give you an example, was a lady who'd got into trouble because um, the family had sent her a DVD. Uh, she has a Windows 10 computer, doesn't play DVDs natively, even though there's a DVD drive on her desktop. So her grandson said to get VLC. Mm -hmm. So she went and searched for VLC, oh. downloaded it. It was malware. And so we fixed that. That was no problem. But she said, where do I get it from? And I said, well, and then I realized this story. And so I thought, well, this will be good to talk about the show. So what you would do is you would, you would type into the search box, who makes VLC video player? Mm, yep. And then it says Videolan. Right. So then you would go to videolan.org, and then you would search for VLC, and you would get it. But do not search for... VLC download, or literally, I showed her, of the top 10 links that were there, nine were malware. So, looking through all these examples, Google is absolutely selling ad space to these people. It's not like, you know how Google put their ad yeah. results before the real results? Mm -hmm. Typically, I thought they were some kind of license or something that would stop them from doing this, but they're straight up advertising. Like, if you search Adobe, they sold ad space to an Adobe scam website and put it above the real Adobe. Like... Google's mm -hmm. liable for this. Like, yeah. this is all... It's not the scammers are getting really smart. Google's yeah. straight up selling it to them. Yeah, because it's keywords. When you are an advertiser, when you go to buy ads through Google or through Microsoft or whatever company, you yeah. get to pick the words that people type that will bring your ad to the top. Right, yeah, but, but they need to have an algorithm for not allowing... Like, you need to be authenticated or something, like verified. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do, though. I mean, because you're supposed to... Uh, I mean, let's take an, an example. Um, when I was... Um, when I first started uh, MaxN, I was... I started with some Google advertising. I was spending about $350 a month for about mm -hmm. 18 months just to get ads up top. Yeah. Uh, I started constructing ads that reference things like uh, Mac, iOS, iPad, things like that. And I was mm -hmm. shut down without a, within about a week and a half. Yes. I had to explicitly get authorization in writing mm -hmm. from uh, Apple's marketing department in order to say, I have authorization to use these keywords. Ah. And then they turn them on, yeah. right? I was able to run my ads, but... Not anymore. There's The, the marketplace has become so big, they don't yeah. have the staff to do that. Yeah. And people change their keywords on a daily basis. But, so. it, but yeah. it, it was, I think it was automated. Oh. You know, the initial shutdown okay. was automated. There was a, yeah, just for keyword violations. But, oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know why. Yeah. That's happening, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, and you know, I think this is the age that we're kind of beginning to move into, mm -hmm. albeit very slowly. Yeah, some kind of accountability by large yes. tech, whether it's you know, it's kind of starting in the social media. It's mm -hmm. proving to be very difficult to make any difference yep. in social media, um, but at some point, companies like Google are going to have to start being accountable for you know. What's, I agree completely. What's but, happening? But in the meantime, please, if you or someone you know is going to go and find some particular software, please do not search for the name of that software with the word download in the search box on any platform or it's likely going to get you into trouble. Go and search for who makes a, uh, you know, and then go and find the website for them. And within their website, 
then you can go and search and find the download. The good news is so much software is now coming for Macs. It's coming directly through the Mac App Store and in a lot of cases for, through the Windows App Store or for the Google Play Store. So that minimizes to a large degree, but not completely. But if you're actually right. out there on the internet searching for this obscure software that you had 10 years ago and you want it back because you've got a new computer, so anyway, the link to that so you can see what we're talking about. If you know somebody that would care about this, it's item number two in the show notes. Tim Hortons collected your data without consent, so you can now claim a free coffee and a donut. If you use the Tim Hortons app between April 1st of 2019 and September 30th of 2020, you are eligible. You should have received an email. So if you get the email, then yes, it's not a scam. You just have to log in with your Tim's account and then claim your offer. You have a year to get your coffee and your donut. So there you go. That's the, that's the Canadian way we solve privacy issues. They paid the money and the, they paid a fine. And for you and me, the way they're not going to give us a refund, you get a free coffee and a donut. The link, if you think you did but you never got that email, it might be in your junk. Do check. Just go to your search box in your junk and search for Hortons. No apostrophe, H-O-R-T-O-N-S, you should find it. If not, there is a link where you can click on, say, I thought I used the app. Please send me the link, and they will do that for you as well. Other scams that we will go through along with some tech deals when we come back, but we'd love to help you, particularly while Eitan is here, because he and Brian are Mac experts, and that's my weak area. So I'd love to help you with that. So 250-386-1161 on a home phone. Star 1070 on a mobile phone. If you don't want to wait, then you can text us at 107010 if you're in Canada, 107010. If you do text, please include your first name in there in case we need to ask you a question back. And emails will work at techtalk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. Atan has a bunch of both waiting for his expertise when we continue after this. 22 after the hour on Tech Talk as we continue. Atan, you want to tackle one of those emails? There for you. Okay, uh, let me see. Okay. Um. There's a nice Mac one there for you that okay. I don't know the answer. All right. Hi, uh, reader writes in, a listener writes in, says, Hi, I have a new MacBook Air with Ventura 13.0.1. I'm finding that Safari, which came installed, is very slow in opening websites and downloads. So mm-hmm. I installed Chrome, which I don't really want to use, but it is so much faster. Do you have any idea why this would be? Uh, the short answer is I don't know why. That would be. Um, I wouldn't be able to figure it out without actually sitting in front of the computer. Uh, but can there you are suggest lots of different ways reasons. to fix it. Um, <coughs> the first thing I can think of, and this uh, applies to any kind of lag uh, with any kind of internet activity or not, is first of all, unplug and plug back in your router. Okay, that's the first thing. And there, when you unplug the router from Telus, Shaw, whomever, Unplug it now. This has changed. We used to say unplug it for 20 seconds. Unplug it for three minutes, making sure nobody in the house is going to go, what did you just do? Because they're doing something. Yeah. And the reason why is after 20 seconds, the device itself reboots, but it tries to reconnect using the same connection. Mm-hmm. It thinks there was a momentary oops. When you do it for three minutes, it actually, the server at the other end, at Shaw or Telus or whoever goes, oh, 
A-Town's gone. Okay, we'll establish a new connection with new IP addresses, new As soon as they come back online. Exactly. So that takes two or three minutes to leave it unplugged, and then when you plug it back in, it takes another two or three minutes because Mm -hmm. it's literally building new digital bridges. Okay. Oh, yeah, so so yeah. that's one part of it, but yeah. um, but the the biggest reason for that too is also that uh, your router uh, has on it what's called a domain name cache, right? So yeah. when you go mm-hmm. Apple dot com, mm-hmm. uh, first your computer pings the router and says, "Hey, uh, I need to get to Apple dot Apple dot com. Where is that?" Mm-hmm. And your router will have. Uh, a cache, a saved grid information that says, ah, I actually know where it is. You need to go to this IP address. Yeah, I'll save you hunting. We'll just yeah. go there. We it's were there before. Like, we'll just like go back. It's calling the operator and say, operator, can you please connect me to so-and-so? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they'll kind of patch you through. So that first initial lookup for the domain name mm-hmm. is uh, is what takes, is what's slow in the beginning. Yeah. Once your computer knows where to go, uh, normally the data connection is pretty fast. Because you're, you're basically saying, go back to where we were yet 10 minutes ago or yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, that's very often the first place to look. When you unplug the router and reboot it, it refreshes the DNS cache and all the lookups are new. Uh, so that's the first place to start. The second thing uh, in this particular email, uh, we are on Ventura 13.2. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to actually go and do that update straight away. Uh, there may be something in there that is uh, buggy uh, that is causing the problems. So I would try that first and see if there's uh, see if that makes a difference. Because she said she was on thirteen point zero point one. Yeah, yeah. One. So thirteen point two is out. There is only one issue that we found of significance, and I didn't even need to call Atan about this one because a lady who had this because she was trying to um, take some data off uh, off a data CD mm-hmm. on her Mac, and she has a external drive and because your macbook doesn't have a drive anymore hers is a pioneer brand and it turns out 13.2 breaks the connection with with almost all pioneer brand dvds cds and blu-rays Good so time. pioneer and apple are both working on this will presumably be fixed in short order but if you have a this only applies to pioneer brand and to it appears from the information online about 80 percent of them so if you have a Pioneer one and you use a lot of stuff on CD, DVD, or Blu-rays, don't upgrade to 13.2. If you already have... You just have to wait. You just have to wait. So that one's in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see what else have we got. Oh, one other uh, thing that we'll mention. In the second half of the show, this, this will be interesting. Uh, we talked last week about how you can now insert emoji into text messages via Siri while dictating. Item number 14, the only catch is you need to say the precise emoji name followed by the word emoji. For example, you could say, I'm looking forward to it, happy face emoji. And Siri would type, I'm looking forward to it, and there would be the happy face. I wrote that into the show notes at item 14. As promised last week, we found the full list of available emojis, so you will know the precise words that you have to say. Did you know there are 1,874 currently approved emojis? Wow. I mean, I've listed them all. You can you can pick the ones you well, want. And so they've been doing skin tones and stuff too. So it's like for each one, there's yeah. seven different skin tones. And all the so. different flags of the nation. So anyway, we'll go through some of those. 
And you can guess which one we're probably going to do, the brown one. And we'll give you the exact name for that if you, if you choose to, to use that. One other one that I thought would be really useful for you, if you would like Siri to let you pause a bit longer before acting on your commands or dictation, with iOS 16, you can now make that happen. I put a screenshot of the setting you change in item number 15. Settings, Accessibility, Siri... And now there's a box that says change Siri pause time. There's default, longer, and longest. So that's a really useful one. So if right. you're in the habit of thinking and you, you say, hey, S, text. And she goes, who did you want me to text? Well, mm-hmm. I was about to tell you, but you didn't give me time. Now yep. you can do it. So things like that. So whenever this works for both dictation and commands. That's great. I usually yeah. have to rush because I feel like I speak too slowly for it. So I rush and then I say the wrong thing and I was like, oh, this is, whole thing is counterproductive. Yeah. I changed <laughs> mine from default to longer. That seems to work for me, but everybody's okay. different. So it just gives you like extra time. Yeah, you know, it's a good point to address because uh, a lot of people are, I know a lot of people who have gotten very frustrated for that particular reason. And uh, I always encourage people to first formulate the sentence. In think, their mind, think first, then uh, speak. Before. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, if you're doing it like 150 times a day, it's a bit of a different situation. But when you're first learning Yeah, when it. you're first learning, it really, it really helps to have just yeah. that moment. And the reality is I think you just get a little bit better and faster mm-hmm. at pre-formulating your thought before you actually speak it. But if things don't work right away when we try new things, we go, ah, I'm not going to do that, and we give up. Whereas this one little switch can actually help you get over that hump. So there you go. That's item 15 in the show notes. Lots more coming up, including we're going to try out the new chat GPT version, uh, which has just come out, and we'll give it some questions when we continue. Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Glad to have you along on our first show of the month of February. Next weekend will be our Super Bowl edition. Ron Fraser will be with us to help answer your tech questions and go through the news of the week. Speaking of Super Bowl, I've started to put the teasers and everything for the ads down there. There's one particular one. Normally, I don't want to be a spoiler, um, but one of, well, I'll do one. Uh, Two voices that you will recognize in a teaser for their Pepsi Zero Sugar big game ad. Hey, I'm actor Ben Stiller. And I'm better actor Steve Martin. What? Well, you're a comic actor. That's not really acting. Okay, you couldn't act your way out of a paper bag. Oh, you couldn't act your way into the paper bag that I was acting in. That makes no sense. Well, oh, so now we're making sense. Over actor. Under actor. Sell out. You're doing a commercial. So are you. Pepsi Zero Sugar. Tastes great. <laughs> screw you. No, screw you. That's just a teaser for their big game ad that they will be doing um, for the big game. So, yeah, that one. One other one that I thought you would get a particular kick out. I won't play the long version of it there, but Serena Williams, Brian Cox from Succession, soccer star Alex Morgan, boxer Canelo Alvarez, and former quarterback turned commentator Tony Romo star in the long version of Michelob Ultra's Caddyshack-inspired big game ad. What are you drinking? To put your, you've got a mason jar. Are you being Are you being new age here? Atan's Atan Rubini is in the studio here with us. He just came in with a dubious no looking clean mix. dishes in the kitchen. I think that was it. Atan oh just yeah, asked I'm just improvising. Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no problem. Um, so this is one that's going to get a laugh. I'll give it away here, although you do need to go watch it. It is really well done. This is for Bush Light. Uh, oh, this one here. Yeah. We go. Gotcha. 
The Bush Guide, cold and smooth survival skills. Three things are required in the great outdoors. Food. Drink. And shelter. Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. For just dollars a day, you can help helpless animals find shelter. Bush. Wrong shelter, Sarah. Also, that's a wolf. Head for the mountains. <laughs> We've all seen Sarah doing those ads. It's a brilliant one. It's one of three, apparently. There's lots of other ones funny. in there as well. Um, Heinz 57 is playing off on the Roman numerals, asking people to explain what LVII is. So now you know it's 57. There's all sorts of other fun ones in there as well. I've put them all in there. Slices and sticks, big game mad for Little Caesars. This is a thing. Apparently, in the U.S., you get half a pizza, which is pizza, mm-hmm. and the other half is pizza-shaped, but it's their garlic, cheddar, mm-hmm. Caesar, uh, parmesan sticks. Oh, but they've, they've just put the dough together. So if you want oh. the, the bread sticks, pizza, pizza, and Eitan <laughs> wants pi- the pizza, then it now comes as a thing. I have that, that pizza pizza is always in my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> that little guy. Anyway, yeah. there you go. They're all uh, linked in the show notes, uh, starting at items 44 through 52. You know what I did late last night. Okay, so I'll get you that one. I've got a really good question here for you um, from Karen. We're working through the answer for you, Karen. Stay tuned there. Uh, one of the other ones, uh, well, let's go to the phone lines. Phone lines are open on Saturday morning when we're live. Star 1070 on a mobile phone. 250-386-1161 on a landline. And Larry's up first. Hi, Larry. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. You guys are great. I listen to you every Saturday. Hopefully you can help me with my problem here. Oh, well, thank you. Now you put the pressure on us. We'll try. <laughs> well, um, so on Facebook, I was, uh, you know, if you're on a, you're going to comment on a, on a column or whatever it happens to be, and I never had this problem before, but all of a sudden, if I go to uh, put an attachment on, like a picture, and, and you click on the, uh, you know, the little icon that says attach photo or video. Yes. And so if I, before I click on that icon, there's that little cursor that's going on and off beside your, your logo. And as soon as I click on the pictures, it goes away, and I can't attach a picture. Ooh, okay. What platform are you on? Like, what computer, what type of computer do you use? Well, it's uh, like a, a desktop computer, and it's... Uh, um, Windows yeah. 10? Pardon? Windows 10 desktop? Um, yeah, I guess it... Well, it's, it's Windows operating system. Yep, so now. is the Windows logo in the bottom left corner, or is it in the center at the bottom? Yep, on the screen itself, the four po- the four window panes of the Windows logo. Is it about? Is it in the bottom left corner? No, it's at the top right. I think that's it, isn't it? Top right. Well, yeah, the Windows. I don't see a. When you t- look at your keyboard for a sec, Larry, and tap the Windows logo key in the bottom left corner of your screen between Control and Alt. Okay. And a bunch of squares appear on the screen. Yeah. Is the Windows logo in the bottom left corner? No. The pop, what is, the what does it look like? The center? Uh, all I've got is a bunch of, you know, like um, all your, your programs. That's right. But there's no Windows logo in the bottom left corner of that? No. Uh, just, I'm just checking you again here. Okay. Sounds like Windows 8. Is it a bunch of tiles, like with a blue or purple background? 
background with all the programs. Okay, um, this is sort of key. This is why we're asking. So can you click into the search box down there? Down at the bottom of the icons, there should be... Uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out whether you're on, whether you're on 8, 10, or 11. Um... Okay, I've got that box open. Oh, good. And type the word system. Type the word system in there, and you will see one that will come up called system control panel. Okay, got that. Click on that, um, please. Anybody else that wants to know if you're not sure what system you have and you're on Windows, you type the word system and you click on system control panel and it will tell you a box called about. And it will tell you under Windows specifications what version you're on. Okay. Halfway um, down the page. It'll say Windows 8, 10, or 11. It's okay. Yeah, I can't see anything like that. What does it say on the screen when you tapped on control panel system? Yeah, and I might on device specifications. Yeah, that's right. Now go down below that, and you, sh you should find Windows specifications. Yeah, Windows 10 Home. There you go, Windows 10 Home. Okay, that's good. So that helps us there. Now the next question. Good job, Larry. Next question is, what button do you click on to go on the Internet to look at things like Facebook? What does the button look like? Firefox. Okay, good. Okay, that, that helps. Okay, yeah. so now we know that. So the cursor, Atan, Brian, so his when he goes to click on the picture icon, to it add disappears. A yeah, so. Because I'm on Facebook right now, and that the, the little cursor thing or whatever where it says write comment, it's yep. on and off right now. Okay, do you, you would presumably have Microsoft Edge and possibly also Chrome installed on there. Yep. So do, can you try going to Facebook on Edge and see if you have the same problem there? Okay, I'm just trying to figure out how do I go, uh, go to Edge because I never use Edge that. is the blue-green wheel down at the bottom. It's a blue-green circle. Looks like a surfing wave. You could put that in the search. Yeah, or you could type yep. Edge into the search box and click on it from there. So, Alan, does um, on the Mac, uh, if you want to switch between applications, uh, there's a keyboard shortcut that allows you to do it. I can press Command-Tab, and then I can bring up a bar in the middle that allows me to switch between all the open applications. Hmm. Uh, every once in a while... I run into a situation like this mm -hmm. and with some clients where yep. you'll be doing something and then the cursor will disappear. It's kind of like yeah. the term is submarining. Yes. Mm. And um, the easiest way to fix it on a Mac is you just command tab to switch to another application and then back again and then the cursor's back. Yeah. Right? And that was a nice quick fix. Is there something like that? On Windows, like you would just click on another application down at the bottom. But if you can't see where the cursor is. Yes. How would you, can you, with the keyboard? Can yes, you there just, is a keyboard command that does that, and I believe it's Control-Tab. Right. So control. if you go Control-Tab. Yes, Control-Tab. So maybe tab that switches, might be yes. a way for Larry to fix his problem. If he controls tab between yeah. the applications, maybe it'll see the cursor again. Does that make sense, Larry? So if you hold down the Control key and tap the Tab key, also on the left side of the keyboard, up about four buttons, yeah. that will switch you from the web browser Firefox to something else. Keep going Control-Tab till it takes you back to Firefox and see if the cursor appears. Okay, I'm done doing that. Yeah, um, and does the cursor appear? Nothing. Okay, so it's something else. So try going to Edge and try going to, to Facebook.com 
log in, and then try and uh, go to add a picture and see if the cursor appears. We're trying to find out if it's a problem, Larry, with the browser, mm-hmm. or whether it's a problem with the operating system cursor. Okay, well, I'm just trying to figure out how to get to Edge now. So go to your search box down at the bottom and type Edge, E-D-G-E. The same way you did when you typed System a minute ago. And as soon as you type Edge, you'll see Microsoft Edge, Microsoft Recommended Browser will appear at the top of the list, and you just click on that. It it certainly seems like one of those situations where hopefully an update would fix it. Yeah, and that's the seems seems like a... Uh, browser bug more yeah. than anything else. So you should know, everybody on Windows, your updates are automatic, but there is a substantial update that came out this week that fixes a lot of bugs and performance boost. And so to find that, you would just go to Settings, go to the last, just type Settings in the search box, or hold down Windows and tap I, your choice. Go to the last one, Update and Security, and mm-hmm. you will probably find there is a cumulative update or two or three. Some of you may still find that you don't have the big update from last fall. Feature update to Windows 10 22H2. You want to download and install that as well. So, uh, uh, sorry, I was on a call there, but just to reiterate what's going on there. So his cursor has completely disappeared after trying to... When he clicks on the button to insert a photo into Facebook. And it's across Windows. He can't. He doesn't come back for other applications? Well, that's where we're having him... We had, we had him switched other oh, sure. applications and it p- appears to be there. So I don't think it's a Firefox oh, bug. So Interesting. How, how, I tell you what, I'll put you on hold there. We'll take a quick break and we'll... So you don't have, don't have performance pressure here. And we'll come back with the answer to that. Stay tuned. As we continue on Tech Talk, so Larry has tried accessing Facebook on Chrome. He has the same problem. The cursor disappears. So for anybody else that has this, we're going to suggest you do a cold boot. Regular listeners know this. You just hold the power button down. doesn't matter whether it's a laptop or a desktop. You hold it down for 20 seconds. Same thing for a Mac, Windows. That basically tells electronically the computer to go sit in a corner and come back when it's in a better mood and wants to behave. Some of the... I was just working on an Asus the other day, and some of them require 40 seconds, so it doesn't Ooh. hurt to keep going. Oh, good to know. Okay. That's a new one. Okay. So it goes off after six seconds, but don't be tricked. Keep it down for 20, or in the case of... I'll look that one up. Asus, 40. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. 40 seconds. And then restart it. That solves, Atan, so many of the problems, Windows and Mac. It basically, the cold boot just solves so many little niggling things. And as much as you and Brian and I would love to know what caused that problem, most of you listening, you just want it to work. So. Yeah, I, I would discourage people from doing cold boots on a Mac unless it's completely crashed. Because every single application is sandboxed, right? Yes. So uh, if you have a particular application crashing, it's better to force quit that application and gracefully shut down the system. Right. Um, but in this case, where Larry's got a cursor, that doesn't matter. He's tried different applications and the problem is still there. Yeah, the command tab would fix that. Yeah. Right, so he'd just do a command tab yeah. to switch to another application. And he's still got the problem. And then, yeah, but that wouldn't happen in that way on a Mac. Yeah. You wouldn't see. Okay. Yeah, I haven't ever seen that. Anyway, uh, there you go. Where it's not solvable. Yep, so there you go. So Larry's going to try that. He's also going to go and check for Windows updates. He tried it on Chrome, and we'll come back. So stay tuned. That well, that one continues. Okay, in the meantime, back to the phones. And Lynette. Hi, Lynette. Hi there. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Welcome to Tech Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I have a question about malware bytes. Um, I bought it for a year, um, and it 
I didn't get a warning when my year was up. Oh, it normally starts nagging you 30 days out. I didn't get anything. Okay. Like, no warning, no say, hey, it's about to run out. So I did see that there is available, like, a monthly subscription, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. And also, can you put it on an iPhone? You can, but I wouldn't. It doesn't do much on an iPhone because they are so secure. All it does is try to take care of of pop-ups. Yeah, I I, I would say it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Same thing for iPads. Um, I wouldn't recommend the monthly subscription just because if you do the pricing, if you buy it when it's on sale, then you get three licenses for... $40. $40. It's normally 55 for three in stores, and we try to support the local stores. When you buy online, the price is, it varies widely from day to day, it seems, um, but it normally is more than that. It's up in the $60, $70 range because they tend to price it in U.S. dollars. Okay. So, gotcha. yeah, okay. and if you just have, so you have an iPhone and you have what other device, Lynette? Um, a MacBook. Um, air. Yep. Okay. And that's it? Just those two? Yeah. Yeah. If you just want a single license, you can go to Tesseract Computers or you can contact me. Um, my info is in the show notes there. And we can get you, we buy single licenses in bulk. We can do those for just $30 plus tax. Then you're, then you're covered for an cool. entire year. That's yep. great. Okay. Thank uh, you. Yeah. I will um, contact you. Awesome. Thanks, Lynette. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, do you want to try? You've got a text there. I have no idea about this one. Okay, we're let's oh. for a break here. Let's oh, just oh, sorry, hold sure. that thought. <laughs> In our second hour of Tech Talk, we will go through the latest on the Roger Shaw Videotron uh, buyout thing. We'll also go through some of the new emoji commands you can use to say them. We'll go through the new products that Samsung unveiled this week. Do you know who Jimmy Donaldson is? On YouTube, where he has 131 million followers, he's known as Mr. Beast. Video number 42 in the show notes shows how he took a break from his crazy stunts this past week to pay the cost of having 1,000 people around the world get short, simple surgery to restore their sight. Oh. Wow. She's just one of 1,000 blind people we help from around the world. They can't see but we have all the technology to fix it. Yep, half of all the blindness in the world is people who need a 10 minute surgery. Crazy. Yeah. Oh Oh my God. I'll see everybody. Oh, I can see clear. (laughs) I can jump for joy. (laughs) I can see your face, I can see your face, I can see your face. If you're wondering how the surgery allows people to see again, it's because the lens in their eye got so cloudy that they can't see through it. So the surgeon uses a tiny vacuum to suck up the clouded lens. Whoa, it's sucking. And replace it with an artificial one. The surgery is that simple. They can see again. Yeah, that's really cool. That video, number 42 in the show notes, or search YouTube for Mr. Beast 1000 Blind People, has so far been seen by more than 83 million people in the week since he posted it. That's yeah. the power of the internet, eh, Dan? That's, re- that's really cool. For good. Yeah, for to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and nice he- to see somebody have a, do something so, have so much influence with their wealth, you know? Yeah. Such a positive influence. He does some other really neat things for some of those people as well. 
So go and watch the video. If you're having a bad day, that will certainly make you feel much better and you get to learn about Mr. Beast. He's also the fellow that teamed up with Mark Rober, former NASA engineer, and they did the Team Seas project yes. that raised $40 million to help clean the stuff, the plastic, out of the... Because the... Um, the people Ocean Cleanup are doing the big garbage patch, but this was they're doing various projects around the world to keep the stuff from ever getting in in the first place. So, and some of you I know, including us, contributed to that. So that is kind of cool. Okay, do you want to tackle tackle that that text there? Okay, so uh, a listener writes in. Uh, good morning, and thank you for the show. I look forward to every week, as you folks are such a wealth of information. Uh, ah, thank shameless you. Shameless plug. Thank you very much. Uh, last week on the show, you talked about the security updates for the Mac. Unfortunately, my one Mac is running Catalina and apparently can't have updates any further. First question is, without doing banking on there, am I still okay to be connected to the internet on that computer? Good question. My second question is... Well, let's do that one first. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Let me read the whole thing. Okay. Okay. My second question is, I also have a Mac Mini that I purchased last year that I run my external drive photos library on, but when I connect that external to the Catalina Mac, photo says unsupported library. Does that mean mm -hmm. I can no longer use that external with the Catalina Mac? Hope this makes sense. Uh, it does make sense. Thanks, Karen. Uh, probably uh, a contentious issue. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. This is often my position. I think you're perfectly fine to be connected to the internet with that Mac running Catalina. It doesn't get current security updates, but I find with most people, as long as you have a mindset uh, that your browsing is conservative, you're always using generally commercial websites, and um, as long as you have this mindset around your activities online that you're never going into phishing emails, mm -hmm. yeah. you're never uh, phoning a phone number that's on the screen uh, that says, uh, call this number, uh, you're generally going to be safe. I'll add one key codicil, though, because the clock mm -hmm. is running here. If you do get scammed by any method... The banks and insurance companies don't have to give you back your money right. because you are on a no longer and that's supported where I was system. Go. Yeah, so absolutely. It's a, it's a risk. It's a small risk, but it is a risk. We'll talk about the other part after the break. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. This is the second half of our show for February 4th and 5th of 2023, Victoria Film Festival weekend. Well, actually, technically first of two weekends because it's a nine-day festival. Glad to have you along. Saturday morning, the 4th, we are live. Sunday afternoon, the 5th, is a rebroadcast, and Brian is working away on making a podcast, but we keep distracting him with other questions. <laughs> That's the, This whole role is just managing distraction. <laughs> yes, but you're getting really good at managing distraction as a new daddy, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, multitasking. If you're just tuning in, we are also joined by... Uh, Eitan Rubini, owner of Maxen Consulting and the Vic uh, president of the Victoria Macintosh Users Group. We will have the February meeting coming up this coming Wednesday. Very, very 7 exciting. PM. And you're going to have to give me a second while I look up what our topic for this month is. I know. One of the things, it's going to be uh, about a new, and this will bring a smile to many of your faces who you get frustrated with passwords because mm. the technology is changing. Brian, last week we talked about the new security keys. Yes. This is a physical thing you can buy, yep. and it acts as that second level of authentication to prove you are you. You just hold it near your phone or plug it in, and it goes, yeah, that's you, and 
on right. you. Instead go. of getting a text, you say, yes, it's me. I have my phone and I have yeah. blip. And this. the bank says where you go. So that's yeah. part of that. So that's part of that. But we're also going to have a look at the newly announced MacBook Pros, uh, which got a recent refresh to the new M2 mm-hmm. Apple Silicon. Awesome. We will talk in a few minutes as well about the new Samsung products that came out this week. In fact, this is really neat because Ron Fraser is going to be joining us next weekend. And Ron has ordered the new Samsung Galaxy S23. Mm. I don't know where you get the 23 or the 23 Plus, which is larger. They're quite similar to last year's S22 models, but they have a more powerful Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor, slightly larger battery, and they have a 200 megapixel camera sensor. That's ridiculous. The idea being that you can then crop a picture and still have insane image quality. Right. Because we're getting there. In fact, that's one of the things that Apple is now working on is the one shortcoming of smartphones has always been no real zoom. You can get the current phones offer two and a half times zoom. After that, you start digitally cropping and the quality goes down. So having a 200 megapixel picture, Ron will... Hopefully get it before next weekend, and we'll try it out and see. Takes away the requirement for an optical zoom. Yeah. But because that's always been a sort of a holy grail uh, of smartphones there, Apple is expected to include a five times zoom periscope zoom lens in its top-of-the-line iPhone 15 model next year. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that, you know, when you think about that, you think of some of the Canon Sure shots with these, like, enormous kind of, like, Mm -hmm. telescoping lenses that come out. Um, You know, the way the the optics inside of uh, these cameras work, you don't actually need that much protrusion. Yeah. Just a little extra depth is probably enough to... Yeah, I was talking about this with Patrick uh, yesterday. He was going through a a list of questions. We had a really great session because he's heading off to Tampa in, I think, March. And he's got a really nice DSLR and, you know, going to a nice warm climate. And it's one extra thing to pack around. And he's saying, yes, but for Zoom photos. And I said, wow, you've got a really good phone. So you can go two and a half times Zoom by just pinching and zooming. And that's optical. It switches to the other lens. But if you want to go more than that, then yeah, you are degrading the image quality slightly, but it's such a good image and the processing is so good. So Apple's now going to try and cross that barrier by putting in a periscope, five times zoom. That would be pretty good for for most people, but that will only be on the iPhone 15 Pro is what we're hearing. Uh. If that's of interest to you, that's in item number 30 in the show notes. So uh, as we were speaking about being distracted, did we get back to A10's email that we were reading? No, we did not. No, we didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Part two. So, this so the part two Karen. of that was about the photos library. Yes. Uh, so I'll read it again just for people. Yeah. The so my half. second question is, I also have a Mac Mini that I purchased last year that I run my external drive photos library on, but when I connect that external to the Catalina Mac, photos says unsupported library. Does that mean I can no longer use that external with the Catalina Mac? Uh Every time uh, you come, uh, every time there's a new operating system, the applications like Photos are very much dependent on both a database about the files and the actual file structure of where all the pictures are. Two right? pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, two where pieces they of the are puzzle and what it knows about them. Exactly. So the newer Photos Mac on uh, the newer Photos application on the newer Mac with the newer operating system. 
that library is specifically designed and optimized to function with the new software and the new requirements of it, and it is not backwards compatible. Oh. You can't take that library and open it up on uh, an older Mac. So what it's, does Karen do? Um, the best thing that I can suggest, if you want to be able to access that photo library on both, uh, would be to invest in a monthly storage with iCloud and turn on the iCloud photo sharing, because once all of that data is in the main iCloud photos storage pool, it does not care uh, which application, which version of the application you're using to access it. So we're, we're very frugal, Brian, about in discouraging people from spending money they don't need to spend. Sure. But iCloud on an iPhone, iPad, Mac, Google Drive on an Android phone, privacy concerns. Yeah. It's just such a huge uh, stress relief yep. and time saver. It just works. It does. Yes. Both yes. Work. It's very really robust. Work. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I was talking to someone about this uh, literally just yesterday about how, you know, 20 years ago when Apple first came out with Mobile Me, no one really could understand what the whole <laughs> use for having like a little cloud storage yeah. device was. Uh, but now, um, so many years into it, the, the platform is so robust, it's so advanced, yeah. uh, it's l literally bomb-proof. I mean, even if one of Apple's data centers got nuked, uh, you know... Dozens of others around the world. It's all distributed yeah. all over the place, you know, yeah. so your data is much safer yeah. than even in your own house. But it's <coughs> also just convenient, and yeah. it's, not that, it's not that expensive either. That, that's the other thing about it. It's really quite inexpensive. To get to from the current 5 gigs that are free to 50 gigs is a dollar. thirty, and yeah. then $4. There's a big jump after that. It yeah. goes from $4 up to $13, but you're from the $4 tier to the $13 tier, you're actually getting 10 times the amount of yeah. storage. Hmm. Um, the vast majority of people, are all they need is that 50 gig. Yeah, but what, yeah. I, what I'll suggest to people too is think of that uh, monthly cost against the cost of replacing the hardware. Yeah. Right. If you looked at your phone or you looked at your Mac and said, oh, damn, I wish I got 512 <laughs> or a terabyte instead of 256. Well, the cost difference between buying a terabyte of storage on your computer mm -hmm. uh, in order to supplement that extra space is actually cheaper just to pay the $13 a month. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, so... Uh, you know, we get a little deferred, uh, a little, sorry, a little deterred sometimes by, you know, the cost of subscriptions. But if there's one subscription you should pay for, invest in the Apple iCloud. It's worth it. And if you have family or loved ones, you can also share your subscription, not your stuff. Yeah. Just your subscription. And you can get the 200 gigabyte yep. plan and share that, that uh, Suzanne and, and I do yeah, that. We have well. it in our yeah, family too. It's really yeah, good. Absolutely. The cloud is a really important part. We talk about it regularly, Brian. We should perhaps maybe do a Cloud 101 session uh, in an upcoming show. Sure. But if you want to go to last week's show notes, look for the January 28th and 29th show notes. Scroll down to item number 24. We were talking about info about Google, but I also put in there more info is in my Understanding the Cloud handout. Strong. I did that for many people that asked these questions. So it's a good nine-page handout with lots of pictures explaining just what the clouds are, how they work, and so you'll feel comfortable using them, but you'll also know which one to use and why. Yeah. 
So that's there. So item number 24 in last week's show notes, Understanding the Cloud. Now, while we were talking about Apple Photos, uh, Richard yes. here online too, I'll put through here. Richard uh, had a pretty strange experience with his Apple Photos account. Hi, Richard. Hi, good, good morning. So last week, it was just the weirdest thing. I had 127 unrelated photos uploaded, uploaded to my iCloud of unrelated photos that I had no idea who these people were. They were <clears throat> like a wedding party in the Philippines with with uh, family members and and so on. And then, so I deleted them and called Apple and they said, well, you got to change your password. So I changed my password and they actually saw no indication of uh, anyone hacking my account. So the next day I was uh, waiting for a store to open and I looked at my photos, two more appeared. Uh-huh. And I and I scrolled through and then a, a year's worth from October of 2022 to 2021 were deleted. So I phoned Apple again, said, hey, something's really strange going on here. They were able to recover my year's photos, yep. changed my password again, and nothing since. But that is just bizarre how that could have happened. Well, actually, I, I had this happen, uh, and I had to think outside the box, and then I said, huh. wait a minute, and this is easy. And so Apple has a thing called shared photo libraries. So if you, let's, for example, um, it, Richard, if you and I and Eitan and Brian were all going on a trip together, one of us could keep the photo library, but we could mm. share it with the others sure. and give them permission to add and delete. And so if somebody puts photos into the shared library, they would show up on your device if they delete stuff they would also be deleted from your device. So do you remember having either shared a library with somebody or has somebody sent you a sharing link for some photos? No, no they checked that as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, li- my photo library is yeah. not shared with anyone. Okay, because that's what happened in this lady's case. Right, and so wow. my, yeah. my only other question for that would be, Uh, If you go into your uh, Apple ID under either the system preferences or the the settings app on your phone or iPad, uh, and then you'll see a list of all the devices that are actually attached to your account. Um, Yes. Have a look and make sure that all those devices there... Belong to you. Belong to you and that there isn't actually... Yeah, they checked all that as well. I mean, they were on on my machine for... Probably half an hour going through yeah. all mm-hmm. sorts of things, and so it's yeah, fixed, but you don't know what caused it. That's a little. That's a little frustrating. Yeah. If anybody else is listening, has run into this and had Apple or somebody solve it for them, and found out what caused it, rather than just it's fixed, um, please let us know because that would have me perturbed at night, knowing that yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. it's fixed, but you'd keep looking at your phone, seeing if more photos show up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I d- I but don't. I'm yeah, looking at Brian and Achan. Uh, guys, ever heard of this before? Uh, you know what? I've got. There's a. You know, I mean, I much like you. I mean, I read through hundreds upon <laughs> hundreds of articles yeah. every day in my RSS feed, and every once in a while, you come up with these. There's these obscure little uh, topics that come up, and I remember somewhere coming across uh, some issues that people had with a. I don't know if it was with an operating system or on some of their accounts where there was uh, some cloud data getting mixed up. But I can't remember okay. if it was Apple. Oh, okay. I can't remember yeah. if it was Google. I can't remember where it was. The but. only other time I've had this happen was where a lady um, and her sister 
and she had let her sister have her old iPad, and she didn't understand the significance about erasing it and making it her sister's. So it was signed in on her same Apple ID and the same and a different passcode. And so when her sister took pictures on her iPad, it ended up on Mary's iPad as well because they were tied in on the same Apple ID. Sure. And then when she deleted some pictures, they got deleted. So we figured that one out, and changing the password immediately solved that. So, but in okay. this case, it was twice. So, Richard, stay tuned. If anybody else can shed some light on this, I'm glad yeah. we got it fixed for yeah, now. That's interesting. Yeah, I can only That's think true. of the shared with yeah. you concept. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's if, the uh, only thing I could think of. But okay, we'll see if anybody else. Speaking of passwords, by the way, this is a short, simple, but really awesome new feature in iOS 16. This is item number 16 in today's show notes. If you need the password for a website or app with iOS 16, you can now simply say, Hey Siri, what's my password for Netflix? You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. Yes, that's important. And so I do. And lo and behold, there it is on the screen. <gasps> but it's dots. Oh. It's hidden with dots. Oh, and then when I the... tap on it, in my oh. case, it just shows me because it <gasps> saw my face. Don't show me your password. <laughs> it needs <laughs> Netflix is going to change that anyway. Um so yeah, so it requires face or fingerprint, but you can do that now. It takes uh-huh. you right to the place where that password is stored. No more hunting around going through passwords. That is cool. fantastic. So again, just simply, hey S, what's my password for the name of the app or the website? If you're driving or something and think you will forget that, it's item number 16 in the Tech Talk show notes. More after this. We're going to teach you a new acronym in a minute, CLDR. I think you might care, especially if you like emojis. But first of all, as we continue on Tech Talk, let's check back in with Larry, who, if you're just tuning in, was getting frustrated because his cursor was disappearing when he went to add a picture into Facebook. So, Larry, we had you restart your computer with a cold boot. We had you download and install updates. How have we made out? Well, I just finished re- the restart after the installation and all that. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just going back to... Facebook on Firefox. That's what you use, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. And I checked with Larry during a break, and I said, do you have a wireless mouse in case that was the issue? And he goes, no, it's a wired mouse. Mm. I had Larry unplug the mouse, wait five seconds, and plug it back in. Sure. Because with mice, that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. If you've got a wireless mouse, not you, Larry, anybody else where your mouse is being weird... Unplug the little tiny dongle for five seconds. Right. Ideally, if you can, plug it back into a different USB port, but you don't have to. Right. You should hear a dung-dung when you unplug it, and yes. then a dung-dung <laughs> when you plug it back in. What uh, did, is Larry on a laptop or desktop? Do we know? Desktop. Yeah. Okay, okay, so there's no not a trackpad issue. Exactly, here. yep. And what happens when you try to click on the picture icon, Larry? Okay, I'm just uh, where I'm here now. I'll tell you what, I'll leave you, let you do that so you can check it, and then we'll carry on with one other thing I want to mention. Microsoft has stopped selling Windows 10 licenses Okay. as of January 31st, but this is important. They have reiterated they will continue to fully support Windows 10 until October of 2025. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. So to another two years, okay, two and a half years. If you build a new computer and want a new Windows 10 license... Computer stores will continue to carry them until stock in warehouses is depleted. That'll probably be sometime this fall or winter. So you are still okay there. And you can like you can run um, unauthenticated Windows. 
there's not really that many downsides other than some of the personalization stuff, like changing your desktop background and having a little blurt, like little line that says unauthenticated. Yeah, but you can't make any changes or personalization. You can't get any updates other than security updates. Oh, I didn't realize you couldn't get the other updates. Nope. I thought nope. those are just the security ones that are coming through. Yeah. Okay, Larry, how'd you make out? Okay, well, I'm back on Facebook again, and the same thing happens. The little the flashing cursor comes up as soon as I click on the icon. Okay. It, now it, we're frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hey, Tan, when you write in. Hey, it's from my world. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I'd like to physically see it. Um, Larry, if it's okay, I'll get Brian to grab your number off the air and um, possibly sometime tomorrow, depending on your schedule, we can connect. I can remotely connect to your computer and we'll check and see if we can spot what it is. The one thing I will say is there is always a logical reason for these things. It just hasn't revealed itself to us yet. Okay, so one of the things we talked about last week um, was how you can now insert emoji into text messages via Siri while dictating. You just have to say the precise emoji name, follow the word emoji. The most common one, happy face emoji. But people were saying, well, yeah, but I don't know. Where do I find those names? Mm-hmm. So I found the list. It's a great link. It's uh, item it. number 14 in the show notes. You don't want to print it out. It's 1,874 different ones. And you will see on the list that it says the CLDR short name. So like relieved face, pensive face, sleepy face, drooling face, sleeping face. As opposed to sleepy face, there's a difference. Those, so CLDR. So that is the actual name of that. I need to change the color. Unicode Common Locale Data Repository. It's like the Library of Congress for emoji. So that's what it is. So every system, doesn't matter what brand or manufacturer, they all agreed to use the same name for that emoji. So, and as I say, for example, you know, dotted line face, face in clouds, smirking face, unamused face, face with rolling eyes. So you can go through. Face with rolling eyes is probably my most commonly used one. Yeah, and I had a lady who was frustrated because she tried to do this the other day and she said rolling eyes face and it doesn't do that. You have to say face with rolling eyes emoji. So you need to know the precise name. I wish it were a little bit more flexible because they shouldn't know what she meant. Well, yeah, but they have to agree on Android, Apple, Windows. We all got to agree. Now, the emojis will look different. In fact, this chart shows you, for example, cowboy hat face, number 68. It shows you what it's going to look like on Apple, Google, Facebook, Windows, Twitter. Joy? Don't know what that is. Samsung? It'll show you all the different ones because they have slight variations. Yep. But it... Still the same, the same words. And the one that I know you all want to know about is that little steaming little brown <laughs> pile. It's pile of poo emoji. <laughs> Nothing else will get you that. And you will see this in clown face, ogre. What did you find in there? Hey, Tan, going through that list. Uh, you know what? Uh, I love the smiley faces. Um, I like the, I always use the smiling face with open hands. Yeah, oh, smiling like a, face with open hands. Yeah, oh. it's kind of like a, yeah. kind of like yeah. a hugging emoji. Yeah. I do smiling face with sunglasses. That's the one that I use whenever people say, and I solve a problem for them, and they say, thank you, I send them back a thumbs up, 
and a smiling face with sunglasses emoji. That one I've got memorized. Unamused face <laughs> emoji. <laughs> there, you're going to be amazed, no pun intended, to see how many there are there. So again, go to the show notes if you're out driving or something. It'll be waiting when you get back to your device. Item number 14 in the Tech Talk show notes. When we continue after a break, one other really useful shortcut, how to turn off the alarm on your device when your phone is across the room or under the sheets. Not just snooze, but turn off when we continue. Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we continue on for February 4th and 5th, back to the phone lines. Anna's been waiting patiently. Hi, Anna. Thank you for waiting. Hi. You're welcome. Thanks for taking my call. I have a few Siri questions, actually. Sure. Can me out. Um, newer phone to me and with the updated software. Awesome. Um, so sometimes Siri, when I voice a text, she doesn't read it back to me. Um, and it's kind of random, it seems. Sometimes. Yes, that's uh, that's really good timing. So if you go to the show notes, for item number 15, where we mentioned settings, accessibility, Siri, and where that Siri pause time is, that page has other useful settings which you can change, such as when you want Siri to speak, notifications, whether you want her to say or display her replies all of the time, some of the time, automatically. Those are all linked on that same page. So again, settings, accessibility, Siri. I encourage everybody that has an iPhone and an iPad, Atan, to go there because these are new settings. Well, and also, too, the general settings under Siri and Search has a section called Siri Responses. Yes. Uh, and then Spoken Responses is there's a new, and this is new to iOS 16, they have an automatic setting. Yeah. So it will try and determine when you're more likely to want uh, a silent one versus, mm-hmm. a, uh, versus a spoken. So, uh, and it says directly underneath, Siri will use on-device intelligence to automatically determine when to speak. So that might be time of day, whether you've got your sleep schedule switched on, um, you know, those kind of things. So it's more about your usage patterns. But you can go in and say, uh, prefer spoken responses. Yeah. And I I have that selected, prefer spoken responses, where, Alan, you were talking in accessibility. Would, Ruben, what you were talking about override this? No, that's two different doorways to arrive at exactly the same setting. Okay. Apple's put things in because people used to know how to get there, and then they changed it. You had to get there through this way, and so in a lot of cases now with 16, they've put the old way and the new way. It takes you to exactly the same setting. So did we go yeah. over the reply without confirmation setting? No, that's, a, that's another good one that's really useful. Let's do that. Okay. So settings, Siri and search... And then you will find such things as announce notifications. Yes. So if you have that switch on, Siri will read out notifications. She will avoid interrupting you and will listen after reading notifications so you can respond or take action without saying, hey, yes, you right. need to have that switch turned on. But it's, uh, you also want to look at the automatically send messages setting? Yes. So, Anna, do you see that one? It's at the bottom of the list in Siri and search. Yeah. Uh, so if you have that switched on, uh, it'll automatically send out a text message without confirming with you. Okay, that helps too. And I had to select the other one and turn that on as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's it. So there's a myriad. It's worth spending the time there. You can also, so in the announced notifications, you may or may not find that really useful to have her read out a, no- a notification. 
uh, because if you get a lot of notifications, like I have a lot of news sources, like right. CTV, CBC, CNN, BBC, etc. Boy, she'd be yapping all day if I had that one turned on. So the neat thing they've done with iOS 16 is you can leave the announce notification switch turned on, but then scroll down and it gives you every individual app and you can decide whether or not that you want it on or not. So if you're going traveling, I would have Air Canada turned on. So if my flight is changed or they're now boarding, then that one is allowed to notify me. But I have most of mine, most of mine turned off because they would just chatter at me all day. So, so when I have it on announce calls, if I have it on head, like that's just phone calls. Yes, that means so it would pop up. So the phone would start ringing, and then it would say incoming call, Alan Perry. Yeah, I've never had that. So I've had it selected when I have headphones in car. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a, see, that's a really useful setting, Atan, to give you that choice. Always headphones in car, headphones only, or never. So that way, headphones in car. Some people like it because, like for women, if it's in their purse, then they hear the phone ringing. But mm-hmm. they don't have to fish it out right away because they can hear who's calling. Right. On the other hand, if you don't want the people around you to know who's calling, if that's the new boyfriend that no one knows about yet, then uh, you uh, may not want uh, that one to do that. It's just really neat, Eitan, that they've given you these, these choices. There's a lot more choices here than were there before. Well, it's just we're getting so granular in terms of our customizations. And while it's a great thing, um, it also does create problems when uh, later on down the road you can't remember why something isn't working. You really have to sift through precisely dozens of different options to try and figure out exactly where uh, a problem is arising from. Uh, but the one thing that I do love about the settings app in general, and whether it's on the iPad, on the iPhone, uh, definitely for the Apple Watch. It's a great way to learn how and what this stuff does. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing is Apple now explains it. They don't just have a switch on or off, and you go, what does that do? They right. now tell you in words right underneath. Yeah, those little blurbs are super helpful. For example, one of the ones we talked about before, but they, they've now made it available in three different places. So if you go settings, Siri, and search, you will see call hangup is there. Hey Siri, hang up is a supported during phone and FaceTime calls. When a call is connected, voice input is processed on the iPhone. Transcripts and audio are not sent to Apple. It says that right on the screen. So if you turn that switch on, and if you're in the middle of a phone call or a FaceTime call, you can go, hey S, hang up. Yep. And it will... So if you're doing that. So if you're in the car, you don't have to wait for the other person to hang up. You can just say that, and it will end the call hands-free. Yeah, often I'm talking on my AirPods and I'm doing something, my hands are wet or yeah. something, I'm not, I don't want to squeeze my AirPods to turn it off, I can't and touch the my phone. And the sitting on the counter sure. over there. Yeah, that's one of those great little things. The other one that I found by accident, and this is really useful, if you're, al- and this applies to iPhone and iPad, apologies to those of you that have Android devices, and this is kind of wasted time, sorry, we will get Tofi back in and we'll spend a large portion of a show doing specific Android tips in the coming weeks, but if your iPhone or iPad alarm is going off, but your device is beyond your reach or maybe lost between the sheets and blankets in your bed, you can now stop the alarm with your voice, even if the volume of the alarm is set on high and is waking up everybody in the house. Yep. You just say, hey, S, S being Siri, turn off my alarm. Or even just, hey, S-I-R-I. <laughs> unlike just, this, just talking. Yeah, says unlike like, okay, this news feature, using either Siri command will now permanently turn off your alarm. So it's not going to go off again in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. 
On the other hand, if you're prone to falling back asleep, that maybe is not <laughs> such a good thing because it's often now you're late for work. Right. So that's another new feature. That is item number 17. And I was reminding Alan, I have to tell everybody to still be polite to Siri. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be swearing at her first thing in the morning because one day that's going to come back and bite you. Although, <laughs> I always try to say please and thanks to Siri. Yeah. Well, although, <laughs> do you? Yeah, I yeah. do too. I thought she I was alone will, in that. She will not. In fact, <laughs> let me show you this one. Hey, Siri, talk dirty to me. Uh-oh. I can't. I'm as clean as the driven snow. Now, she actually has several answers, so I'll try that again. Hey, Siri, talk dirty to me. The carpet needs vacuuming. Or she gives you the synonyms for dirt, like... Oh. Compost, silt, etc. But she will never do that. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, uh, oh, I had a. I just one we missed last week. I had a Robert called in, and we had been talking about online banking and never to use a public network Please. when you're accessing your bank. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we talked specifically about like logging in through a web page, and he wanted to add. <laughs> you know, what about when you're using an app? Because they should have end-to-end encryption. Um, and yes, the answer is still, I wouldn't do it. They, I know they have. there's been studies where they've checked these apps and security protocols aren't up to date and people are yeah. still able to access past. And it's on the bank specific or the app developers for the bank to be up on this. Precisely. It's still, I would just say, trusted networks only or ideally your cell service without a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, I had somebody who had to make a fairly substantial deposit on a um, condo purchase. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not a condo purchase, a vehicle purchase. And they were on BC Ferries, and they needed to do that. And there is no Wi-Fi on BC Ferries. Mm -hmm. So they were traveling with somebody else who has lots of data, and they're on on the $0 Shaw Mobile plan. So -hmm. they said, hey, can I use some of your data? And then they texted me and said, before I do this, is this safe? This is a $10,000 thing. Is Uh this safe to use using my friend's data? I said, yes. Mm-hmm. So because he's using his cellular data, he's acting like a Wi-Fi hotspot for you. As soon as right. you're done, yeah. tr- turn and, it off. And the cellular data connection is 100% isolated from any other users on the network. Yes, and it's encrypted between your devices, yeah. why, which is why it takes three seconds to turn on after you mm-hmm. go yes. So yeah, that's it. It's just, it's your money. And so don't give the hackers any excuse or any vehicle to get in. Speaking of which, I'll just go through this briefly. We have talked about ad nauseum, but it wouldn't be in the newspaper if it wasn't happening. If you're ever instructed to buy gift cards to pay a debt, Mm. don't do it. That's a scam. Doesn't matter whether it's Canada Revenue or whether it's Amazon or a friend who's in hospital. It's a scam. A scam which just cost an Imo resident $15,000. Yeah. I see, I see these all the time, and I see them very often actually within uh, corporate organizations. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, someone will get a, a, a text or an email uh, purportedly from their boss or something like that saying, I'm in a meeting, can you please just... Uh, Run out and get me some Amazon cards as a thank you for one of yeah, our employees. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, uh, I want to, I want to give this person a gift or something like that. But I, I'll call you in a minute. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Can you just run out? And no, scam. Always 100%. ask them. And if you really think, oh God, it might not be a scam, just reply back to the person, ask them a question to which only they would know the answer. When did I start working at the company? Or what is your wife's name? Something like that, you will never get a reply back. Or if you do, it'll be, I'm in a meeting. Well, yeah, but if you... Yeah, and you know what? It's just, it's always a scam. Uh, Always, always, always a scam. That's just the rule. 
So <laughs> what I would ask of you it. is not only don't fall for it, I think that's obvious, but please stop and think as you're listening to us, who do you know that might not be that astute? Who do you know, whether it's a friend, a loved one, yeah. that you can tell this to? Next time you see them for coffee, lunch, dinner, hey, can we go over this? And you can show them that story. And $15,000 out of pocket in Nanaimo. So, it, yeah. so, there we go. That's item number one in the Tech Talk show notes. Okay. Uh, the other one there that we're going to talk about, and this is important, and this is a new twist on a scam. If your voicemail PIN code, home phone or mobile, is the last four digits of your phone number, change it ASAP. We will explain why when we come back. Uh, after a break. As we continue on Tech Talk, Atan just discovered a new feature. That sound you hear in the background was his phone pinging. And so what you did was... I said, hey Siri, can you ping my iPhone? She's going to do it again. So. Yep, and then it's going to do that. So there's another new one we can add to the list. Um, so Sam, two ends. So... Anna, who we were just talking with, she says, sometimes I use Siri and I can't find my iPhone. Yep, there's Sorry, the ping. Sorry, one second. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I use Siri when I can't find my iPhone and I call out in order to hear her response. She only says a short, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So what you do instead of going, hey, S, and waiting for the short, uh-huh, go, hey, S, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? That tends to be the longest answer. I'll just let you hear Hey, Siri, what's the weather be going to be like here tomorrow? The forecast is calling for rain tomorrow. Oh, we'll make a liar out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, she gives you, um... Okay, we'll do it this way. Uh, hey, Siri, is it going to be cold here tomorrow? Looks like rain tomorrow. Oh, you could also oh, say, what's the weather like this week, is what I normally do. Yes, so, oh, that's... Yeah. The, yeah, I had mine on do not disturb, which is why she gives me a shorter answer. Because remember I said I wanted spoken responses mm-hmm. in that setting? Hey, Siri, what's the weather going to be like here this week? The forecast is calling for both rain and cloudy skies this week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Again, because oh, I've got short. it on do not disturb, it's a shorter answer, but that's <laughs> still longer. On the other hand, Sam texted in, say, Hi, Tech Talk gang. Can you completely disable Siri on iOS 16? Yes. Settings? Siri and search? Yeah, just turn off Siri. Turn off Siri. You'll find it right there. I never use or need Siri at all. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a, it's a choice. If you don't find I would be lost without it, to be honest. Um, and and so Anna was saying when we were t- asking that question, she said, on a funny note, I found my iPhone before I heard her response, and I said out loud, that's a little late. And she replied, that's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of, of fun things in there. Um, one other homework video, because we like to show you uh, neat new things. I don't think many of you are probably running off uh, to Paris, but I'm going to get you. Disneyland Paris this week hosted the world premiere of its new Avengers Power of the Night multimedia outdoor extravaganza. It's projected onto the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Video number 41 in the show notes is shot on a 4K iPhone and lets you see and hear the cutting-edge projection, lasers, fireworks, the amazing sound system, and for the first time ever, 500 drones. Very impressive graphics projected on this massive building. 
and then the portal, the time portal, opens with the drones. I thought that was really well done. And they just use it sparingly. They don't do the whole thing. So yeah, I'd love to see how many lumens those projectors are that are projecting onto an entire building. Insanely bright colors. Right. So that's coming soon to, I imagine, every other theme park and show where they're going to do that projection. So there you go. That's item number 41 in the show notes. Also, also there, if you have a 4K TV or monitor, and especially if you are one of the few people that has an 8K TV, um, video number 43 is... You want to fire that up? This is the 12K one? Just the sound. It's aerial footage of New York City shot on a 12K camera at 60 frames per second, Dolby Vision high dynamic range it's amazing even if you don't have a 4k tv you're gonna still you're gonna say whoa this doesn't look like what i'm used to seeing it is phenomenal footage on a 4k set it's amazing i watched it last night but on an 8k and it's shot in 12k and dumbed down (laughs) which gives you an idea how far the world is coming youtube fully supports 8k now if you have an 8k monitor or TV, 12K is coming later this year. Think of the bandwidth on that one there. So I uh, I added, I didn't actually mention to you guys, I added this to the show notes. So the cool one, I found uh, an article from MIT EDU. Uh, engineers have invented vertical full-color microscopic LEDs. Oh. So if you, you know, if you would zoom into a screen, you see little clusters of red, I mean, red, blue, green. Yeah. Now they can stack them. And so in the space that you used to put three individuals to make up one color, you can now fit three times as many pixels. Right. So and it's a massive leap in, in resolution. So, so they're 12K saying, would be like a 36K. Yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. Oh, yeah. So they're saying the biggest, some of the big ones are for um, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. The screen size is, yep. you know, you're so close to your eyeballs, the screen is very small, but this should be able to make it a leap make the leap so that it's almost indistinguishable. They say it's indistinguishable from the real world. That's a really good picture that goes in the story. So Brian's put that in. Thank you. Item number 35, excuse me, in the Tech Talk show notes there. Quick break, and when we come back, also, if you have an original unopened iPhone, you won't believe how much it's worth. Final few minutes with Aitan and Brian for this week's Tech Talk. Roger Shaw and Videotron have extended their deadline for completion of the buyout of Shaw by Rogers to February 17th, as they're hoping by then the deal will be approved by Innovation Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne. He is the last step before this deal goes through. Lots more coming up on that one there. That sound you're hearing there, those are the news bulletins coming in. Uh, As we're live on Saturday morning, Steve Young just popped in from the newsroom to say that the U.S. has shot down the spy balloon. That's a massive balloon. They had to wait till it was out over the Atlantic, but not too far out because there's a 12-mile limit, then it becomes international waters. And just to fill everybody in, the spy spy balloon was? 60,000 feet high, and the payload, the spy stuff, was the size of three to four school buses. So the good question is, did they put a tiny hole in it so yes. they can get it yes. and see what's there? Because China said it was a weather satellite that, or a weather balloon that went off course. Okay, nice I'd be curious to see. There's another one. Weather balloon. <laughs> There's another one over Latin America. Stay tuned. Anyway, oh. so if we're, if we're on Sunday, that's old news. Steve, he'll have more on the CFAX new news coming cool. up in just a minute. Uh, by the way, Kudo, Fido, and Virgin Plus are all offering eight gigs of 4G data plus unlimited Canada-wide calling and global texting for $45 a month. 
in it's on a new two-year BYOD, bring your own device contract, or Patrick, you were asking, or a renewal of your current contract. You sign up for another two years, forty-five bucks a month. That's a saving of ten to fifteen dollars a month. Nice. Ricky at London Drugs texted in just in time for the Super Bowl next weekend. 2023 Samsung TVs ATAN have started to arrive way earlier than expected. The supply chain stuff has been sorted out. So they arrived. They said, hey, he was expecting they would be in sometime in April. They've started arriving. So as a result, their 2022 brand new Samsung TVs are being cleared out $600 to $1,700 off. Wow. Local London drug stores only. If you go to buy online, they are the much higher prices. So if you're out and about this weekend, that one is there. Wednesday night for the VMUG meeting, 7 yeah, p.m. Looking forward to it. That's going to be fun. Yeah. If you have not participated before, the link is in the show notes. You can be our guest. If you have participated before, we'd love you to sign up for our membership. We will continue to find ways to do in-person meetings once or twice a year, as well as the Zoom meetings. There you go. Yeah. Have a good Lots time, of stuff everyone. in the show notes yep, we didn't get fun. to. Thanks thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure always. It's always yeah. enjoyable. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night. Brian, you get to go home, finish podcast, go home, have a nap. Yes. Change more <laughs> diapers. Oh, yeah, like every 20 minutes. Name next weekend. <laughs> I, it's likely. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Victoria Film Festival weekend. And so it goes.